Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about Greg's Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden review. We'll have all this and more because this is PS I Love You XO. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation conversation. I'm blessed. That's Greg. I just hit my mic. And if you love what we do, support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of the shows ad-free, watch the score them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Uh, you can get PSI Love You for free with ads and without exclusive content on YouTube and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaking and Easy, and Delaney Twining. Today brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. But let's start with a PSN message from you, Greg. Hi. We're gonna start off with this question from Bo. Okay. He writes in with a simple one, a quick one. This topic popped up on a couple of shows recently. Which do you all prefer and why, rest mode or power off? Were you here for this conversation? No. This is a KFGD thing. Okay. Where I was complaining about how uh, there was like a new big PlayStation update where yeah. like your PlayStation automatically turns on and it updates for you. I was complaining, and it, this wasn't like a like a PlayStation how dare you sort of thing. It's more so just like a this is an inconveniencing blessing. It's an inconvenience for me that okay. I could fix, but I choose not to. So, the update I always get it around like. 4 a.m. or something like that. <laughs> so you're, you're in bed. So you're, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not only do I hear the beep, I'm in bed, I hear the beep, and then my monitor that my PS5 is connected to sure. turns on, and it's sure. always like the brightest, like sure. in the middle of the night, the light flashes on me. Yeah. Now, could I go like to my PlayStation and turn on or turn off automatic updates? Sure, I could. Yeah. But I don't want to do that because you I need the sound too. They wouldn't help your monitor yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like the sound is losing. Well, wait, my- you could though, right? And you have a thing in there, right? Of like. Uh, disabling uh, the ability to send the power signal from the HDMI. The CEC? But that, see, I still want my monitor to automatically turn on. Okay, yeah. Good. When okay, I'm, now yeah, I see. Now, thank you. Now, I'm, yeah. there. now I'm, I'm there. I'm piecing like, all together. This is only a problem every maybe six months to a year yeah, when yeah, we yeah. get the automatic update and it's the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like, if they sent these things mm-hmm. midday, then I would have no problem. It's the one time Can't where. Can you reset also when you want it to update? I'm pretty sure you can go in and pick you the know, hours. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's my, that, <laughs> that might actually be the solution here. <laughs> but that's when uh, Barrett chimed in and was like, well, y'all just don't turn your PS5s to power off all the way? And I'm oh, like, no. psycho sicko shit. I ain't doing that. Yeah, no, so what is no, your, no. your your go-to-ist rest mode? Yeah, I mean, like, I when I, uh, it's funny, because when we looked at, when I was bu- building the show and I was talking to you about it, I was like, I put this in here. It could just be a slam dunk, no-brainer. I don't understand why we're having the conversation. Now I yeah. understand why we're having the conversation. But yeah, like, rest mode all day, every day, on this unit uh, at the office and that unit at home. And I feel like it's just because the way we work and it being my primary platform, right, I need it to be able to go on at a moment's notice. Mm. And first off, remote play, because I'm remote playing all the time, right, at home especially. But then here, like, you know, think of Suicide Squad, uh, think of Helldivers 2 this week, right? From the road, I opened the app, I hit my library, I said download it, work, right, and it downloaded so that when I got here, it was ready to go. Yeah. Like, in... Suicide Squad didn't because for some reason it decided to download the beta rather than the game, which really fucked my day up, but it doesn't matter. Like, I can do that because it's in rest mode. Yeah. So I was always in rest mode, and I want the automatic updates. You know, my PlayStation is downstairs at uh, home, so it's doing its thing. I don't have to worry about it. But right now, look, I've dialed into my remote (laughs) back at home. Because I'll go in here and check right now. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can set the times on when you automatically update. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'm the exact same. Whether it is like a, I want to remote play via PlayStation Portal or like, well, yeah, what happens a lot for us is we'll get a code in, and it is, all right, let me redeem the code on my computer, and then da- automatically download the game so that by the time I get home, the game's already downloaded. That, and then also just automatic updates for games in general. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. turn on my PlayStation 5, yeah, yeah. and then have to, to like, something update something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, like rest mode was the easy answer, but I was surprised about how many people were like, oh, yeah, no, I just turned my, my PS5 all the way off. Man, see, that's, For me, that's insane behavior. I understand a lot of people talk about it all the time, of like, oh, well, you know, 
we do that to save the environment and not do that stuff. And it's like, I get it, mm-hmm. but come on. Now. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're not Xbox. We don't come care on. about the environment you know I mean? here. It's good enough. Now, that was the quick question. There's a longer one here from Jonathan. Before I even get into it, I feel like I should add context to it. We're in the streaming room today. I was waiting for you to say <laughs> yeah, something. I forgot about yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah, I was yeah. just doing this like it was a regular show. Uh, Hopefully, if you're an audio listener, it doesn't sound any different. But if you're a video listener, yeah, we're in the streaming room right now. Yeah. Of course, it is. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening. We are recording this on Friday. Friday is the kind of funny uh, anniversary second stream that we promised after hitting the fundraising goal in January. So right now, they're doing XCast over there. But to make our embargo for Banishers, we're recording over here right now. There you go. Uh, This question comes in from Jonathan, who says, As a PlayStation fan, it should be no surprise that I am a big fan of single-player, narrative-slash-character-focused action games. It's such a huge disappointment to see one of my favorite studios, Rocksteady, making a soulless online shooter. In hindsight, it makes me grateful for Naughty Dog's cancellation of The Last of Us Online. Did Naughty Dog fans dodge a terrible uh, live-service hole bullet? Do we think Rocksteady will return to their single-player narrative roots? Is Naughty Dog canceling The Last of Us Online a sign that the conversation around always online live-service games is finally changing? So there's three questions. I was going to say, there. there's a lot of stuff going on there. I guess to start off with the first one, did Naughty Dog fans dodge a terrible live service whole bullet? Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think like uh, one of those things I think has been interesting since Podcast Beyond, I've been, I, I, and I don't say it much anymore, but back then I did of like, Naughty Dog's got to miss sometime, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, I, oh gosh, you know, PlayStation fans are such Naughty Dog stands and they ignore it, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I just think their games are awesome every time. Even if you didn't like Uncharted 3, I still think it's a technical marvel. And yeah. It was a great... It, it, I mean, maybe, even Last of Us 2. Maybe it wasn't a 10... Oh, yeah, Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here if you didn't like it. Like, I, la, I, that's a piece of art you can look at it not, enjoy, yeah, not yeah, for yeah. the stupid reasons, not for the for internet sure. troll reasons, right? Um... However, yeah, I, I've been, I, for a long time there, I was like, well, clearly they got to fuck this up at some point. They got to fuck this up. They got to fuck this up. And they never fucked it up, right? And they are Naughty Dog for that reason. So, yeah, the fact that they are in a place where they can work on a game for years, they can, you know, announce the game, they can have higher up for it, and, you know, which sucks for layoffs and stuff like that, but like, have, blah, 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 and then finally go, like, it just isn't working. We're canceling it. Mm-hmm. Is, is the right way to make games. It is a depressing way, but it's way better than Suicide Squad coming out. And being every ah, we waited, we waited nine years for this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is what we got. I think it sucks for people that were excited for the Last of Us Online, right? But also, it is, it it's a necessary thing that has to happen if you're going to go, if you're if you're faced with the decision of put out something that you're not able to support, or put out something that is bad, or put out something that isn't going to work for the long term, versus yeah. put it out and stick with it and have it be a thing that becomes this. Uh, thing that's affecting every part of your, every other part of your business because Naughty Dog, yeah. of course, is making other games. Or at least they want to make other games. They have other games in development. If you are focused all in on The Last of Us Online and that is now taking away from the effort you're wanting to put into your single player IP, that's a problem. And that's something they had said, right? That it would fundamentally change everything. Yeah, how they did it and stuff. And you figure if you had a team there that was working on this thing, if it was, then became all hands on deck because they're still trying to find the fun. They've launched this thing. They got to keep it going. What do we do? Like. Yeah. No, it sucks, and it, I I want I wanted to play that game. I wanted that game to be good. However, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't want it to be a game we came out and like. Oof. Here's a fat six. And that's that the thing is like again. you know to the question did Naughty Naughty Dog fans dodge a terrible live service whole bullet? I think in the direction that we were heading, based on the statement, based on the cancellation, based on what the reality looks like of it, yeah. yes. Like I think that was not going to be a good time if they put out that game. I do think that there is another timeline where. They are on the right track, and they had the the resources, and they had the vision to put out this thing that comes out, and it's great for all of us, right? Like, I was looking forward to a good live service The Last of Us game, but that wasn't the one that it seemed like we were going to get. So to the question, yeah, like, I think we definitely dodged that bullet. To the second bullet point, right? Hold on one second. I just noticed this one. They haven't announced that Oh, yet. yeah, no. We, gotta, we, we, gotta, we don't put down the Halo boxes we'll wait, in the background. We'll wait for that to happen later God, this week. Wait, a Come year and a half before we get those on our platform. 19 inches of fun. Get over there. There we go. Uh, do we think Rocksteady will return to their single-player narrative roots? This is a more complicated one. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. In I, my heart of hearts. I hope that Naughty, or I'm sorry, Rocksteady gets the chance. Mm. The chance. Will we get there is the question. To return before WB Games pulls the plug and lays off a huge thing and da 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 da. Like, what a question. You know what I mean? Of just like, that is the, I think that is for me right now in the fallout of Suicide Squad, right? After launch here, is the major, I cannot wait to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna do the, nope? 
We are biting down. Here are all the characters we're talking about. We are going to make you care about this game. We are working on fixing this game. We are doing... Because that's the other thing, too. Like, when we talk about games that launch and miss the mark, you get the JPEG on Twitter. Yeah. has the mess. And, like, we haven't gotten that from Rocksteady. No one has been out saying, like, hey, we didn't get all of this. But you know I, I think that's because it wasn't fundamentally broken. Exactly. Yeah. So what does that mean now? So you're just going to keep going? And, and we're just going to keep doing this? And, like... WB's gonna look at this like when the sales net out on this and like what is your commitment and like where are we like yeah they have a lofty plan for the end game of this in terms of the story so if they're actually like are they gonna go you know what cut out the middle six and bring in the last two and we'll just do that and be done with it and then did yeah they, they put out did they put out a roadmap for it they put out they announced the Joker mm-hmm. as there. They've teased it, and then at the end of the game, which is now everywhere, there's like a, a JPEG image that pops up that has the Joker, and then I think it's three silhouetted uh, bad guys that will come to the game. Interesting. Yeah. Have they talked about or like hinted at all towards like how long that roadmap looks I like? I don't think so. Okay. I, I could be wrong. Check, fact check me on that. Because I, I, to that, like, I guess if they don't have a public roadmap, sure. I think if their internal roadmap currently is for the next year yeah. of every season, we're gonna drop this playable character and have this content, I think whatever that roadmap looks like internally, like the solidified roadmap, I think we get that for sure. So like, let's say that's, that's for the next 12 months. I think that next 12 months happens. Yeah. And then I think from there, with the, what the climate yeah. is, <laughs> with what the climate is currently, like what we've seen with other games, I know like, I, w- I want to name things like Rumbleverse and Knockout City, which I know are different games because they're not Rocksteady and Suicide Squad, but yeah. I think you can just extend this to games as service, live service games in general that aren't blowing up, that aren't super successful. I think we're going to see them go, hey, we're um, not supporting this thing anymore. We're going to cut down on support for this thing in the next six months or whatever. By The, time the thing about year. it is that their support is so tied to their narrative. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so weird for me. Of like, oof. Yeah. I don't know how you get out of this one. Can I read from uh, IGN.com's uh, wiki guide by Brandon Eddie DeSanto, uh, Santiago, I'm sorry, Go and Brendan? Uh, Post launch content in Suicide Squad is centered around seasons. Seasons will last a couple of months and come with their own unique battle pass, new missions, cosmetic gear, an Elseworlds location to explore, and perhaps most importantly, a brand new playable character, all for free. Yeah. Within each season are two episodes, many arcs with themed infamy gear sets, notorious and legendary items, game modifiers, brand new missions, both within Metropolis and the featured Elseworld of the season, new incursion missions, and a brand new boss encounter. Not much is currently known as to the specifics of the post-launch content, other than the first post-launch character will be the Joker. This Elseworlds version of the Joker is the sole survivor of a Brainiac invasion on his world and uses a rocket-propelled umbrella as his main method of traversal melee. Season 1 and the arrival of the Joker is scheduled for March 2024. It also appears... Uh, it also appears from the teaser image that Green Lantern and Superman uh, fights are part of the first season alongside two episodes. Uh, there's uh, there's same people. Yeah. There. I, don't know. I think what happens is in the next year, let's say in the next year and a half, we do get an announcement. And these might be the same announcement. But like one of the announcements we get is that Rocksteady is working on the next single-player game. Uh, and maybe they even go as far as to say, we're working on a new single-player game that's going to take place in the DC universe. I think that's as far as they take it. Yeah. But I think that's one announcement. I think the other announcement is that we're sunsetting support on um, on Suicide Squad. That might be the same announcement. Like, it might, this might be a March of 2025. They come out and say, hey, yeah, in the next six months, we are sunsetting uh, support for this game. Yeah. But look forward to the future because Rocksteady is currently working with uh, launching development on... Uh, yeah, the next single-player game to take place. Well, they got to say that if they want to keep looks at it. Kevin, I sent you the image on assets if you could toss that up, but if you can't, nobody does. But yeah, it's it's the question, I, do we ever get to that game? Like, do we get layoffs or whatever it is based I mean, on the I mean, it's that thing where, remember, WB was in the news not too long ago, but not super recently, right, of, like, rumors of them selling off their gaming division. Mm-hmm. So it's like... If that is something WB was thinking about then, I don't know if that's changed more recently, you know what I mean, in terms of what they actually want to do. And, like, again, if you got James Gunn in there for a second saying that every one of the superhero games would be in the universe, then pulling back on that. But people are paying attention to the video game universe. And if you're paying attention, you got to look at Marvel games. And you got to look at what's coming from these own studios and what cadence it's coming at. Mm-hmm. Again... Nearly a decade, right, for Rocksteady to put out another uh, 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 game. Why? Well, and they had the they had the VR one in there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, like, what is the cost of that? And wouldn't it make more sense, like, to just Square Enix it and like 
get rid of these studios, sell them off, close them, whatever, and then let's take the IP and go to developers like Marvel Games and license them the thing. They make the game. Suddenly we go from having... Wow, that's, that would be a bunch of BS, I guess, if I said it. But I was gonna say like yeah. you know a, a superhero game every decade, but that's not 100 percent true because there's a bunch. Of, they have done that with other people. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the days of anybody not who isn't PlayStation, Xbox, etc., but being an IP house, mm-hmm. having their own developers is just silly. Why are we doing that, right? Get out there, have a team like Bill Roseman at Marvel Games, have somebody who's the czar of your video game thing for DC going and being like, I know the industry. Let's go partner with Mike Bithel for some kind of crazy Batman sneaking game. Let's go, like, let's experiment. Let's make them big. Let's make them small. Let's do all sorts of things because we have this treasure chest of IP. And when you wait this long for a AAA DC game and it's Suicide Squad and and it stinks, I think I am a. I mean, especially when you couple that with Gotham Knights as well. Right? Yeah, like, right. It yeah, is yeah, a, yeah, oh yeah. man, we could do this way better. Yeah. Crushed it. That was what I was looking for. Thank you, buddy. So, the last part of this is is Naughty Dog canceling Last of Us Online, a sign that the conversation around always online live service games is finally changing. I, I take issue with finally. Yeah. I think it's changed for a while now. I think, again, mm-hmm. like Suicide Squad is the. Um, Example of, you know, we plant this seed when live service games are hot. Everybody wants to be in the next Fortnite. If they could do it, we could do it too. And then you wait this many years to get here and be like, shit, the industry's moved on and people really fucking hate this now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Naughty Dog and PlayStation saw that as well, that, hey, we don't have the stuff. We could. I'm, there's still room for a great live service game. There's still room for a great uh, multiplayer game like that to drop, but it needs to fucking sing. It needs to be awesome. And so I think the fact that Naughty Dog and PlayStation are able to say, no, this ain't it, and actually stop rather than go, well, we've put this much into it, put it out anyway. Like, no, let's not damage our reputation, the brand. Yeah, I think to echo that, right, I think it is more of a sign of, yeah, PlayStation's willingness to go, hey, let's not do this, right? And maybe more so Naughty Dog's willingness to say, let's not do this, and then PlayStation's willingness to let Naughty Dog make that decision. Yeah, and go, all right, cool, we're not going to do this. I mean, Maybe listen, it was all Bungie, remember it's all Bungie's saying? fault. Uh, but no, yeah, I think this is honestly like a healthy um, sign for what I think PlayStation quote unquote live service looks like, right? The yeah. idea of, hey, yeah, like this is on the studios. We're going to allow the studios to make that decision of if they want to do this thing or not. And if they get far along with it and uh, they decide, oh, this isn't going to work, right? Or even if we have Bungie evaluate it because Bungie is the experts. They know how to do this shit. If we have Bungie go look at it and go, oh, man, all right you really need to be able to back up your live service with this. You need to be able to back up your ongoing content and support this thing long-term. We don't know right now if you have that. And for Naughty Dog to take that in and go, ooh, okay, maybe we don't have that. Maybe we shouldn't do that. That is that entire system working the way it is that I don't think you see in so many other different Mm -hmm. publishers and studios, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's how we get a lot of games that come out. And I think that's how you get a Suicide Squad, right? Where it is, all right, cool. The PlayStation State of Play that they had last year where they revealed a lot of what the game looked like to the world. And a lot of people were like, oof, no. Yeah, everyone was like, ooh, no. You know, that ended up with a delay of a almost a full year and us still getting a version that isn't hitting for the full world, right? Like, I know some people like it. I know there are admirable things about it, it sounds like, right? But... I look at Suicide Squad and I'm like, man, y'all spent so many years on this. If somebody went, let's say, three years ago, what if we didn't put this out? Like, what if we didn't do this? Yeah. Is that even a possible thing under another publisher? Like, again, that's a lot of money that you've invested in this thing. That's a lot, a lot of work that you've already that you've already put in, a lot of effort. Like, I get the need slash feeling to want to see it through all the way, but they've seen they've seen it through all the way and we've gotten this version i would love to talk to somebody at wb slash uh, rocksteady slash like people who just know the business of it and go so is why? it is, is this worth it like why like, why do it this way why couldn't we how many games have we heard that didn't come to fruition from wb yeah where it is okay the long gestating or not i shouldn't say that the gotham by Gaslamp, i remember being one that we saw stuff from that never came to be uh superman games that have never come to be like how far are those projects versus this project? Was it just the belief that Rocksteady's Rocksteady and that, that it'll crush and they'll figure it out? Was it just the idea that even a, a mid-live, you can launch a mid-live service game and then build on it after the fact to make it a great? Maybe, yeah. yeah. A lot of good questions. A lot of great questions, but they'll never answer them probably. Yeah. An answer I have for you, though, if you want to get shows ad-free, it's patreon.com slash kindoffunny and youtube.com slash games, where you can go and get the Kind of Funny membership, which lets you get shows ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
We are brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is a standalone game that welcomes fans and newcomers alike. You don't need to have played Final Fantasy VII Remake or any other Final Fantasy titles to play and enjoy Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The combat is not traditional turn-based and has more action-focused gameplay, with even deeper improvements since Remake with new synergy attacks and team-based combos. And there are large open sections to explore with Cloud and his comrades venturing across the planet, their fates unwritten, making every step in the expansive world outside Midgar fresh and mysterious, and of course, there are dozens of mini-games. There's a story recap video of Final Fantasy VII Remake for those interested in learning more about the story so far, and those looking to experience Final Fantasy VII Remake fully can pre-order the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth Twin Pack, which includes the game plus the DLC episode Intermission at no extra cost. You can download and play a demo of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth right now on the PlayStation Store, and you can pre-order the game in the link in the description. The wait is almost over. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is out February 29th. Get hyped! This episode is brought to you by Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and more. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals allow you to fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Factor's less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week, plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash kindoffunny50 and use code kindoffunny50 to get 50% off. That's code kindoffunny50 at factormeals.com slash kindoffunny50 to get 50% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Greg, we're back. We're back. And it's time for topic of the show. Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. You had to read it. You wanted to say ghosts so bad. Yeah, no, I wanted to give it the singular ghost. Ghosts, plural, yeah, there's of, New, of Eden. New Eden. Greg, you yeah. have been reviewing this game. Yeah. Can I start? I, I guess the first question I have for you is why? Like, why are you reviewing Banishers, sure. Ghosts of New Eden as a game that I think feels like it's coming in under the radar compared to a lot of the other big releases of the month, right? Like, yeah. we have Final Fantasy, we have Suicide Squad, we have even Helldivers 2, which you've been talking about forever. Banishers is one that I feel like even when we saw the reveal, it kind of came and went, and then uh, I forget the most recent showing thing, it might have been Game Awards or something like that, where it came up, and it seems like now that we're in the midst of its release, you have picked up on finding an interest in it. Yeah. So yeah, where does that come from? The interest in this one strictly comes from you, ladies and gentlemen, the viewers and watchers of PSI Love You XOXO. Uh, if you remember, no, not last week, because last week was Helldivers, because we did it right away. But the week before that, we did a topic of the show that was, or no, I'm sorry, uh, a PSN message that was, why is everybody sleeping on Banishers? And when I went and looked into this, I was like, you know what? I totally forgot about this game. I didn't realize we were coming up on the release uh, of it. It's Don't Nod. It's a narrative game. It's about ghosts in this couple that are ghost hunters and banishers, and I'll get into all that in a second. But, like, the preview stuff for it looked 
interesting enough and good enough that I was like, this seems like a Greg ass game, mm. and I want to I want to do this. And to your point of oh, there's so many other things happening. I love that we are a company now that is so large that everybody can go to the wind and review their own different things. And multiple people can be on multiple big games, but I can look at it and go, my voice really doesn't need to be a part of that big game conversation, so why not do this? And so I really made my time, you know, Suicide Squad, Banishers, and Helldivers, which is a weird one because yeah. it just happened and we've only reviewed it for a day at this point, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, th I saw this, it came at a time when there was a code dropping and... I'm interested enough in it. It seemed like the audience from that one comment was interested enough in it, and I want to have a, a diverse plethora of reviews and games on the site. Yeah. So, Banishers Ghost of Nidian is a game being developed by Don't Nod, which is a developer yep. we really enjoy, the um, originators of Life is Strange. Yep. They've also made games like Vampire, which I know have a cult following. And this it, is this what I, when I was looking through uh, my research on it, they've talked about the fact that Banishers is a spiritual successor to Vampire. To Vampire, yeah, which I get a lot of, right, when I read the description of yeah. it, see trailers of it, and like from what I've heard people talk about with Vampire, it seems like there's a lot of connective tissue. It comes out... February 13th, uh, the uh, story description goes like this. Ooh. Hunt ghosts as two memorable characters in a story-driven action RPG where your decisions carry dramatic consequences. Torn between honoring your oath to the living and saving your departed partner, how far will you go for love? Greg, yeah. how much did you love Banisher's Ghost of New Eden? I'm very excited for this review. Not only because I like talking about video games, not only because I like talking about video games with you, but I like the setting we're in for it. Yeah. Two guys on the couch having this conversation. And of course, then you being included in the conversation, ladies and gentlemen, because I am old school IGN to my core, which means that I feel if I'm reviewing a game, I need to roll credits on it, right? Mm -hmm. I have not rolled credits on Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden. Uh, I've had the code, but I've also had a bunch of other responsibilities and other games to play, including Suicide Squad, including uh, Helldivers yesterday, right? So I am currently little over 15 hours in the game right now. Review documentation says it's anywhere between 20 and 30, depending on how you're doing with side quests in it. Uh, I have been Greg Millering the game, so I am going and doing the side quests and chasing question marks and doing all these different things. I feel, though... I mean, and, uh, so this is with the conversation on the couch, right? So, like, for a while I was like, well, maybe I'm going to call it a review so far, mm -hmm. right, of where I'm at so far with the game. And then talking to you about it today and, and expressing my, not concerns, but thoughts on it, right, like, I feel that would almost be disingenuous because I don't plan on playing more anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that sounds damning yeah. I, you know, of where I'm at with it, whatever. I want to start here and say that I'm right now, and you can asterisk it or not listen to it or whatever, but I'm giving Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden, 15 hours plus in, a three out of five, okay, on the kind of funny scale. Uh, of course, above would be a four, which would be great. Below would be a two, which would be bad. I always talk about okay having two different things where it's, it's an okay game or yeah. it's okay. This is, it's okay. Like, I really enjoy Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. What I think is neat and novel about it is that it is, that game that I think we talk about all the time that doesn't exist anymore, where it is a solid double-A game. Mm -hmm. It is a game that if you, I'm playing and I'm enjoying, but then when competition comes around, as it is right now with so many other games, I'm like, oh, well, I'd rather move on to that. I feel like Banisher's Ghost of New Eden speaks to me so much on the narrative level, and the gameplay is enjoyable enough but it's all stuff that I feel like I could walk away from, and I'm going to walk away from right now, and maybe get to it later on when, when something slows down, or maybe never come back. I feel like I've gotten enough out of it right now to move on. However, I still enjoy the experience, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, a million ways to tackle it and talk about it, right? Um, you said it at the top, though. Action RPG, right, is how they're selling it. I see that and understand that mm -hmm. it's a game that serves many masters and is a mix-up of a few different things. Where it is, don't not. It is Life is Strange, it is Vampire, it is that story and it is that choice dropped in with this action RPG stuff, because there are a couple skill trees, dropped in with open world, open zone, where once you start unlocking the map you can travel between your fire, uh, your uh, yeah, your fire. Campfires. Campfires, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, do whatever little missions you want to do and have the main narrative or whatever. But I feel like some of it is just there to be there in a way. Like a great example is 
Uh, of course, I, I guess I haven't even, you, you gave the setup, right? Mm. You play as Red and Antia. Uh, these are the banishers, right? They are a couple. No spoilers, because this is the whole premise of the game. You just saw it there, and we talked about it as well, right? Uh, you come to the new world here. Uh, it's 1695. You come ashore to what is uh, America or will become America, right? You go to New Eden because one of your friends, a fellow banisher, has asked you to come here. You go there. Uh, real quickly, you get involved and meet the nightmare that uh, killed your friend and then very quickly kills Antia, uh, the female banisher here, who is in fact the lead banisher. Red is her uh, partner and, and, you know, love, but her partner in work and then also her apprentice. So she's the more experienced banisher. Banishers are ghost hunters. They're ghost busters. Another reason yeah. this game speaks to me, right? And the idea is that, you know, their job is to, you know, keep in, protect life uh, life to the living, death to the dead, right? Alive people should be alive. Dead people should be dead. They're here to set uh, the dead to rest. <laughs> this is the nightmare in the end, right? And so it's a very interesting concept. And the game immediately throws you into it where you get to New Eden. You do, like, one quick case that involves uh, the ghost of your, your friend who sent you here. Then you immediately meet the nightmare who kills Antia, throws you in the river, and then you start on the other side of the map. And the whole point of the game is to get back to New Eden to challenge the nightmare. So I haven't even gotten back there. So it's a very simple through-line story, but it also, I think, works against it in the fact that it's a narrative game, but I'm not super interested in the nightmare that killed me. All right, mm -hmm. cool, she's super strong and threw me out and did the thing, but, like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm more interested in, right now, bopping around, because what it does really well is tell stories. Um, again... The Banisher's deal as Ghostbusters are that they go and find people who are haunted. They go and find ghosts that are still tied to this universe. And the idea is that you find their peace, but then you are judge, jury, and executioner at the end. Mm. So everybody knows that I like a good detective game and I like a good narrative. The idea here is that you meet someone who needs a Banisher's help or you meet a ghost who needs your help and they give you a piece of this clue and you have this hauntings board that has little uh, you know, circles for every one of the cases you'll do and they usually have about three dots that are the main plot points and then the one big revelation for it. You know, you go there, you meet the ghost, she was in love with the guy, she can't leave, she doesn't know why. You go talk to the guy, you get his side of the story, you come back to the ghost, you do these things and these fill in and you get to the whole thing and then you get to the end. And so... The hook here is that in the very beginning of the game, when Antia dies and you get reunited with her, you make a, a pact with her, which is either we're going to do this, we're going to beat the nightmare, and I will ascend your spirit and mm. send you, uh, you know, to whatever the other world is, or we're going to go against our code and we'll bring you back to life. And we have to do that by uh, punishing the living and killing the living in these cases or whatever. So you make the choice and then you play the game however you want to from there, but you get to the end of these conversations, right, and you're met with, all right, what do you want to do uh, in the moment here? Do you, this is a great stop, Kevin, but it's not the actual the way it usually works with ghosts. This is a very specific choice. <laughs> that is not that. I appreciate where you're at if you can look for it later, but it's going to be that you either blame the human mm -hmm. and then for the uh, then there's two more choices, but they're all you, have to, you are, can only pick one. Are these like choices where if you... Are there, is there the morally right thing to do, or is it all gray? I mean, okay. I think I think there's a good amount of gray. Like, okay. there's some stuff where I don't know why you blame this person, but, like, you could. And sometimes, like, they, okay, you know what? I'm going to take it back. There, it's gray. Because okay. I, I don't want to spoil all of them. I, I, there's one specific case I'm going to use, which is an early one, that I think gives you the vibe for it, right? Mm -hmm. But anyways, before I even do that, it's blame the human, ascend the spirit, or banish the spirit. And so there are ones, like, uh, the, the case I'll give you, right? We go up, we get on the hunt for what's going on, why this place is haunted. Uh, we're talking to the blacksmith. He's a really bad blacksmith. We're finding clues and reading notes that people don't like him as a blacksmith or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We listen into a conversation. We find a ghost that's claiming to be the blacksmith, and it turns out throughout the whole story that you put together that the blacksmith's wife and her lover uh, killed the, the actual blacksmith, and then the lover took the role as blacksmith, and they're kind of mm. faking it that they didn't kill him, and he's been around forever. And, but then you, you, the, the wrinkle to this is that you find out that the blacksmith was a fucking abuser and a horrible dude, and the, yeah. the lover is actually a really good guy. And, like, you know, I think it's the wife, you know, actually did the blowing, th killing of him, and then they licked him. So you get to the end there, and it's like, all right, what do you want to do? Do you want to blame the humans, which would kill them, or uh, the wife? 
you know, do you ascend uh, the ghost, mm. which is a very nice, like, peaceful way to go, or do you banish the ghost and, like, tear them apart and rip them up or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so in that instance, I banish the, you know, abuser. I was like, it's a morally gray one, but I was like, yeah, you guys killed for the right reason. Yeah, you know what I mean? Get the fuck yeah. out of here. But then you meet these ghosts that are just, like, they were just there, and, like, there was a miscommunication, and it is kind of a heartbreaking story to send that ghost. And this is another one where... Killing the human, right, gives uh, Antia a little bit of life force, which I don't notice any gameplay benefit to other than the story of, like, we're trying to bring her back, so she needs people's life forces, whatever. And then ascending uh, the spirits that makes it easier, apparently at the end, based on what you're being taught in the game, that it, her ascension would be easier as well. Yeah. So there's that pick to it, but... The cases are all interesting, and they are gray, and they are fascinating. You know, you get there, and it's like... You know, the, the human element of this one equation wants to die. Mm -hmm. So, like, do I kill him, right? Because it's like, oh, like, he can't hear the ghost that's saying it's not his fault, you know what I mean? So it's like, shit, fuck, and he's not really taking my word for it, so do I give in to this man's request and kill him? Are or? you doing the thing where you are taking a second and be like, oh, yeah. what choice do I make here? Yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like that a lot. That is the gameplay that works so well in this. That is the thing that I think I enjoy so much. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, like, voice acting, impeccable. Like, I think they, they, especially for Red and Antea, they do a great job of making them a couple, making them interesting, making them multidimensional, making it interesting where, you know, they've been, I don't know how long they've been lovers, right? And for, he, at one point, Red says, for all intents and purposes, you know, we've been married. And she's like, no, we haven't. Only he can see her, right, for the most part. Anyways, uh, they do a great job of playing off each other, of having this relationship. The side characters do that as well with their storylines. I like that a lot. Uh, I think the game is really pretty. I think uh, the environments are beautiful. Uh, score pops in and out sometimes in a, a jarring fashion. Lip sync's not that great. Mm. All that aside, though, this is what's working for the game, these narratives, these, these stories. I want to pull something that we talked about on yesterday's Helldivers review, last week's Helldivers for, review for you, though, where I think the game, again, struggles and gets locked in that 3 out of 5 range, right? There's that conversation Mike had about Helldivers, right, where he was like, I like doing things in video games. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, what a funny way to say it, but yeah, to be active in it. This game makes you active sometimes on the wrong things and also is very much open world, action RPG, Assassin's Creed video game thing, which is cool. You got this ghost and you don't know why it's there, so you gotta go over to the guy's house and go through all his stuff. And so you go to the three books that are highlighted in the ghost color of green aqua there, right? You click on it, you get the information you need. You're not having to sit there and go, which story is the real story? What's going on here, right? The clues you're, the clues you're picking up are brightly labeled in the environment, like if you go to this circle and look for this thing. And so it was this, it's this really weird constant fetch quest of going to get the thing, do the next thing, do the next thing, to come there and then get the moment, mm -hmm. where I feel like there could have been a better way to do that. And, and I don't know necessarily what it is, but it doesn't feel, it feels like a, 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 a don't nod narrative game, but it doesn't feel like, oh, we nailed the open world action RPG business mm. of this. It feels like we're trying to make a game that's a narrative game bigger, but we they aren't great at that yet. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like none of it is egregious and annoying, but also none of it's that exciting, which is another reason where I'm like, it's a review so far, but I'm not coming back anytime yeah, you're soon because I'm excited to... for Helldivers. I want to go play this and I want to play that. And it's like this is one I can put on the shelf of I'm interested enough to see how it actually ends, but I still have a ways to go, I think, before that. I mean, it sounds like, for what, what you mentioned earlier, like the side content that they're, and I don't know if you would even constitute it as side content, I guess the smaller stories, smaller narratives, and those choices that you're making with those specific cases seem a bit more meaningful and impactful than what's going on in the overall narrative. Right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all feed into it, right, because we're doing this to weaken the bond of the nightmare on New Eden, but it's like, I don't fully get that part of it. Like, yeah. You know, they say that, I'm like, all right, sure, whatever, I'm doing it. And it's, we're still cool banishers, we're still helping out, I like that part of it. Uh, a big part of this that I haven't touched on, again, is action RPG, right? Mm -hmm. There is combat to this game. So it is the fact that you can uh, play as both characters, you switch with one button press between them. Uh, you know, Red has his saber, eventually has a rifle. Uh, it's got that, you know, Andy called it Souls-like, and it would be... Very, very, it's not challenging like that, but yeah. it is the Slow. lock on, strafe around, dodge, hit, wait for them to screw it, you know, block for a parry, that kind of thing. As both, you know, ghosts as just ghostly forms come at you, not these kind of ghosts, but specters come at you. Specters can also possess dead bodies, so they'd pop up and they'll pick up a sword, they'll have a gun. But it's another one where it's like, 
they they show their hand pretty quickly on I think who the specters are. Eventually, mm -hmm. they have big bosses, which are cool enough. But like, okay, cool, I'm fighting these guys, and suddenly the challenge becomes, well, there's more of them, right? And that there, and again, it's not annoying. There was a few where I was like, oh man, there's like uh, nests, right? It, this is a Ubisoft checklist game, even though it's not a Ubisoft yeah. game, where it is like from the main map, you can hit triangle, right? And it's like, oh, you know, you have this many chests to find and this many nests to do and this many thing, like. You go in there and you fight them, and it, you have to like. I had to think about it and do all these different things to make it happen. Uh, but it, not annoying, but not exciting. After a while, like I'm not. And, and then they have this really weird one where, like, they have a gear system in this, which I oh. just do not think you need whatsoever. Yeah. Because it's like it's got literally. You click on it and it looks just like the Destiny one, right? Where it's like it's got all the squares for your outfit, for your sword, for uh, the you know the brooches uh, Antia's wearing. You click on it, and then if you have other ones to equip, you can. You can upgrade the ones when you get resources. It'll change rarities. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I basically have my, everything, the first thing I found every time, I've just been upgrading. And like I think only once have I found a better thing, a brooch to put on there that I feel like, okay, cool. It says it's going to make Antia, who's a melee combat, she punches a ghost with her ghost fist and can do this really nice uh, big blast move to do, do it and jump on people like that in the thing here. Like, they're doing these things, but it's just like, it's unnecessary, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, I understand they couldn't, they didn't want to just make a game where you walk around and talk to people and solve ghost crimes, but I feel like that would have been a little bit more interesting. I, I think that's yeah. my biggest thing is right now, fifteen hours into the game, and plus, and putting it down to go play other things, it's overstayed. It's welcome for me right now, mm -hmm. where it's like I enjoy this game. I, I'm having fun with it. But I don't, I feel like, oh, we're really, how many? Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I, the trophies just went live today, so I can look at it. I'm like, oh man, like I've been dicking around with side stuff a lot. There's a lot of bosses left to fight. I'm like, do I have to do all of them? Yeah, I look at the at the gear stuff, especially, yeah. and like the way you describe the open world stuff, and I go, oh man, this is, when you first started talking about the game, this yeah. is not what I expected from it. And yeah. yeah, when you talk about like the choices, the narrative stuff, what they're doing with that, what they're doing with like the gray area and like all that stuff, that is the stuff where I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. But then you show me this, and I'm like, Oh man! All right, cool. I'm gonna put on the shirt to have probably plus ten strength or whatever it is, yeah. and then try to build a character. That stuff is, I think, depending on how you implement it, that stuff can be very fun. But the way you're talking about it makes me think that it just feels like it's there to be there and not there exactly. with purpose. I feel like it's gonna work against it, honestly. Where okay. it's like, I think if it would have just been a let's strip that stuff back out, let's shorten it up and just have it be, hey, we're telling these two stories. They go off and banish ghosts. That would have sung better. Yeah. Like I don't mean when it's like the review thing says twenty to thirty hours. I'm like, Ew. so you know what I mean? two. I guess uh, maybe three part question for you. Sure. Uh, I guess this first question you might not be able to answer because you've not actually gotten to the end. But does sure. this feel like something that could get a sequel? Do you think a Banishers two mm -hmm. could be on the table at Don't Nod? Second question to that: If a Banishers two did happen, would it be a thing where you're like, oh, I'm gonna be there day one to play it? And then three. What would you want to see out of that? Like, if they were to make a Banishers 2, what do you take out of Banishers? Or what? How, how do you level up from Banishers 1? Like, what are the things that you do to, to improve upon it? So, yeah, great great question, but a great point that, yeah, I haven't finished it. Yeah. So, I I mean, right now, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, like, we're just dealing with the ghosts, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, you banished her or whatever. You ascended her if that is the ending ending, right? But, like, guess what? She came back. And clearly there's an alternate ending. Maybe you don't banish her. You know what I mean? Like, there's a choice here. So what happens when you go the other way? So, yeah, I think you could have a, a sequel, no problem. Um, what, would I be there day one? Yeah. Like, again, like, right now the problem is this is what we're talking about, where it's like, hey, this game's coming out and nobody else in the office is really interested in it. And I'm waiting on other stuff, so I'll dive in. Mm -hmm. Now we're to the point where it's like, well... You know, we ran out of review time for it because of embargoes, because of other games, because of all these things. So I'm filing it now, and now I want to move on to other games I'm more excited about. Mm -hmm. So I hope to get back to this. I hope to finish it one day. But I might end up just watching the ending on YouTube and going from there. So my hope then of what, how do you level it up, I say pick a lane. Where it would be that, like, you are don't nod. You are known for choices. Like... Let, and you're also, I, th I would say, are you known for shorter experiences? Like, yeah. let's let's rein the next one in and give a story in half the time, right? Where we're going through and making these choices because it's good. They also do, you know, we talked about, lot, we gave a lot of flowers, understandably, to Final Fantasy 16 last year because of active time lore, right? Mm -hmm. They do such a great job of that in here. Where it's like, not only when you go into your haunting cases, are they all broken up nicely? There's another one, I, I wrote it down, what do they call it? Chronicles, where you go in there and it's literally like, 
for me, I'm going to put this game down probably for months, right? Mm-hmm. When I come back, it's like, here's beat by beat what the story's been, area by area. And there's even one where it's like, here's the branch where I went this way. The story branches here, so like, here's what's actually happening. I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, they, they, they are nailing narrative. They're doing that so well. Even the simplicity of the story, right, of like, cool, this big nightmare killed our friend, then it killed my lover, now we're going to go back there and we're going to get your body so you can rest and we're going to kill this nightmare. Awesome. I don't need more than that. It's just like 15, 17 hours in, I'm kind of like, I don't even care. Like, she's not, it's not like she's haunting me and chasing, I mean, like, I guess everything's her fault because of the curse, but like, eh. She's not on the ragu bagu list. I'm not yeah. like, oh man, number one, this nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. Yeah. Three out of five on the kind of funny scale. Yeah. Any final words on it? Yeah, it's a it's it's a really funny one when I was coming in of like, I feel like I'm very, I'm pro. I like the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it is that thing of just like, there's something to be said of just like, I'm not like excited to go back to it. Like, I've done my job with it. I've played it. I've gotten my fill of it for now, which is a weird thing to say. I don't think it's a bad thing to say. I think it's an interesting one. I think it's it's such a callback to those double-A games of old, where yeah. it was, this isn't coming from some gigantic studio, some uh, Xbox, PlayStation first party, that, you know, here's this thing with all the bells and whistles. I think it's incredibly visually impressive for what it is. I think it's got a lot of cool ideas. I think the characters are really good. Like, I... I, I have enjoyed my time with it, but I'm also like, it's gotten long in the tooth, and like, it's about yeah. time for me to hit the road. It's like a season of TV I've really enjoyed, but it's like, how many more episodes are yeah. there? Okay. It's like, oh man, why, why oh. are we doing a 20 episode season? Yeah, here? Yeah, CW. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, this sounds awesome. Like, this is one of those ones where I don't think I'm going to get to Banishers, but yeah. it's a game that I'm happy exists the way it does. Like, even for you talking about, like, um, it's a bit longer in the tooth, and it feels like a lot of the stuff that's in there feels like it doesn't necessarily need to be in there. Yeah. The fact that you have Don't Nod, which is. I, I guess you categorize them as double A, right? But like they have a pretty good output of video games, whether it is Jassant or whether it is, uh, I was gonna say Live Strange, but the last Live Strange wasn't them. Uh, Tell Me Why or like games like that. And I, I feel like there was like another game that came out from them even last year. They but got that one they just announced at Game Awards that looks really cool. Is that not that this music game? One? Oh, oh yeah. Which is supposed to come out like later this year. It's like tapes, something of tapes? Something of tapes. Tapes of. Um, Tapes of New Eden. It was like uh, it was a game that I lost records. Bloomin' Rage. Yeah, it was one that I looked Can at. I get for you the... a Bloomin' Rage or a Bloomin' Onion? Bless. I, was, I was looking at the fantasy critic, and I'm like, dude, do I get this? Uh, uh, what was it called? Bloomin' Rage. Yeah, Bloom and Lost Rage. Records. Lost records. Bloom, Bloom and Rage. And Rage. Uh, but yeah, like they're a studio that puts out a lot of kind of games that you don't necessarily see from like AAA, or also you don't see from indie either, right? Yeah. Like they are the definition of double A in that sense, where it is, hey, we're just gonna make some games and hopefully they hit. Hopefully we can make something that we that um, that we're proud of. So like the fact that they make that they're making here an action RPG, right? That is following up on what they're able to do with Vampire. You know, like I think to your point of what do we want to see out of a sequel? Like what's gonna level it up? I think you do have two roads ahead of you, right? It is what you talked about in terms of hey, like pick the lane and focus on this thing that this game does very good at. I think the other uh, route is. All right, let's double down and let's actually make this action RPG mechanics good, right? Let's like, put in a bunch of different enemy types. Let's make like like let's give it. Let's substance. give you again. I know this sounds like something I was just complaining about with Suicide Squad, but it works. Let's have it rain loot on you, where it re- like yeah. they, Kevin showed it, and this isn't Kevin. Was, uh, like Kevin showed them going through the outfits, and it was just stacked with. I have one outfit. 17 hours in, I guess I could have bought one. You know, mm-hmm. you talk to not like with in-game currency, you know, from the shops in the game, but like. Again, I, I hover over it and I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. I've already leveled this up to green. Why would I need all, you know what I mean? But like, if it was like I had this many things and I was like, oh, maybe I put this build on to fight these kind of guys. But instead, I'm just like, oh man, Sora isn't really doing it to this. And Tia, she pops in, she does the radio blast and she does the, you know, yeah. jump over punch. And I think it could be really cool to see a studio, uh, like, I, I mean, I keep saying double A. I, I hope double A isn't like an insult because I say I it and I'm so. like, I think it's just like, it's just like where you're at. In, like, well, and this is what we're talking about, right? Where I think Don't Nod has. Ascended, where they're not like an indie. Yeah, they're like they're definitely. Like it doesn't feel studio. like they're indie. Oh, right, yeah. But the fact that you could make that kind of game and have it be great and have those mechanics sing and all that stuff, like that is a very big feat. Like that is a thing that we go, oh, Ubisoft is the kind of do the uh, kind of studio to do that, or like yeah. another AAA studios or the studio able to go, all right, let's have all this content and make it quality and make it hit and make yeah, like the loot stuff sing and make all this stuff work, right? Like that is a triple A thing to do. And so we, the fact that at Don't Nod's level they're able to go, oh let's try it. And yeah, for you like some things work, some things aren't working. It'd be it'd be cool to see them actually make it work in their next one. And that's the thing, right? You uh, you read through their games, right? And it's like 
with the exception of Life is Strange, right? They're just doing new IP after new IP. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, Vampire, right? Uh, tell Me Why, Twin Mirror, Harmony, The Fall of River Air, Just Jusant, Banishers. Lost Harmony was one I was trying to think of last year, yeah. And so it's that thing where it's like, awesome, good for them. I'm glad they're doing, you know, I'm glad that they're succeeding and finding things. And again, taking chances. We complain all the time that, oh, everything's a sequel. Everything's AAA. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, again, this is a, in the, to your point, like, why did I review it? Like, yeah. Hey, I saw something new and I wanted to go. It's the same reason I picked it for Fantasy Critic. So I'm hopeful that the reviewers <laughs> like it a lot more than I did. I hope. I didn't realize like, you picked it for Fantasy Critic. I did it, and I we had a conversation about this. Oh, we it, did. Yeah. I picked it. I pulled Blessing as commissioner aside, and I had said, uh, "Hey, I saw I, P.S. I love you." We're talking about not this review. P.S. I love you. This kid wrote in about the game. I went and watched all the stuff. I've already put in my bid. However, I just got the review code. I showed you the timestamp review code. I'm like, so I'm not changing or doing it's anything. It's all nor, above board. Nor is this, yeah, I'm not getting an asterisk this year. I'll tell you what. Uh, Greg, this week in PlayStation, for PlayStation picks, the drop looks like this. We got Banishers, <laughs> Ghosts of New Eden, uh, Skull and Bones, and God, Tomb Raider Collect. Is that real? Skull, Skull and Bones? Bones? Skull and Bones is actually out. Next, this week? Yeah, yeah. Huh. This posts on Monday, right? So yeah. I think it's out on Tuesday? No way. Or is it Friday? It might be, it might, I think it's that early access shit on Tuesday. I think early access might be out today. Or uh, already. Like, early. No, I think right now. Because right now I saw I people were playing. beta today. Oh, beta. Yeah, yeah. open betas from uh, the 8th through the 11th. Okay. And then it actually comes out. Yeah. Wow. It's finally happening. That doesn't feel real. This is a weird month. Like, it's a great month for video games because we got, like, what, Final Fantasy is coming up. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, uh, it detect- no, Persona 3 also came out at the beginning of this month. Um, I, th- I forget if Tekken was this month or last month because I've had it since last, last month. But I, <laughs> I digress, right? You've had those games within, yeah, like, what? Helldivers 2, Suicide Squad, uh, 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 Foam Stars. Foam Stars. And Skull and Bones all this month? Yeah. It's a weird month. It's a weird month. I mean, man. it's a cool month. Like, I, like I, I still need to get to Helldivers 2. Like, you guys made me, uh, got me hype on Helldivers 2, but yeah. And honestly, Hel- and that's the big thing where, like, for Banishers, right? Where it's like, all right, yeah, you're, yeah. you're on the you're on the bench now because Helldivers is here, and I'm so in love with that from stem to stern. All right, Skull and Bones, fun for you. Uh, I'd ask you what you picked to play on PlayStation this week, but of course we recorded our last episode of PS Love You literally yesterday, and so yeah. I don't think that's changed for us. I'm yeah, still I mean, right. Tekken. and for me, you know, we talked about uh, you know Suicide Squad. I talked about Redacted, which turned out to be Banishers, but yeah, it's like still you know 24 hours later, like Helldivers has its hooks to me of like. But how much time do I have right now? Can I go yeah. play a little bit? Can I do a mission? Can I do this? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. If you love what we do, support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free, watch record them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Real quick before you go. What's up? Do you think that when they set this whole thing up, the streaming room, they would just be like, we're going to look at this guy's crotch the entire time. Like, that's going to Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a oh, man, that is a, yeah, that is an interesting positioning for that. I mean? Who is this? That's uh, Andy's oh, guy. Oh, you don't know Manu? I, I've never heard of Manu. Manu. I, like, for a second, I was like, oh, Steph Curry. And I was like, no, that's not Steph Curry. It's, I think he's, he plays for the Spurs. He's made up. Why do we have a Spurs player on the wall? Andy, Andy. Isn't this the Andy loves Golden State Warrior Spurs. territory? Like, what are we doing here? I told him for the big. Why don't big we fight back? Me. <laughs> like, you know, we got fists. We can fight back. <laughs> Get Steph Curry on the wall. Dang it! Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>